on back to the work of preaching. I'm going to get us back to that. I've got a little word I want to share with you. I want to get us back to what we were working on in the last time that we were together. So I want to take us to our theme. We're back in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. And so I want to read to you where we are. And let's pray before we go any further. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, it is in Jesus' name we pray that you manifest the realness of your word. You manifest to us, God, the vein in which you want us to accelerate. You hold us accountable to this acceleration, God. Hold us accountable to the anointing that's on our lives, God. Don't just save us, God, but sanctify us. Set us apart so that we can do the word, God. Set us apart so that when we stand, we're standing boldly on the word, the witness, and the wisdom you've invited us to be. Put us in this process of acceleration, God, but make us accountable to the anointing. Make us accountable to your will. We come against every demonic attack that might that might show itself to be true because we have the faith to take that truth and convert it into the faith that God has given us because we know that you're able to establish us even on top of the heads of the enemy. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Get in this room. Get in this room, share this video, click like, share, let somebody know where you are, respond to the comments, tell me how this is blessing you. We want to get right on down to the work of preaching. Um, we got a, quite a bit of work to dig through today. Uh, it is my intention to get us through point two and three today, verses one only. So last time that we were together in family reunion, in the Freedom Nation family reunion, we were digging through this scripture. Every sermon that we will be preaching over the next couple of months will be specifically tailored to you giving yourself space to get in the alignment and the acceleration that God has for you in this season of your life. We have quite a bit of work to do it, so I want to get us to work. So here it is. The scripture's on the screen. Thank you so much. And it says in Isaiah 60, 22, the smallest one will become a thousand, a clan, if you will, and the least one, a mighty nation. I, the Lord, will quicken it in its appointed time. In its appointed time. Let me read that again, just because I like the way that sounds. The smallest one will become a thousand, a clan, and the least one a mighty nation. I, the Lord, will quicken it in its appropriate time. I want to talk from this very idea, for your eyes only. For your eyes only for your eyes only. If you would get to me there, right there, for your eyes only. I believe great things are going to come from that. Let's get down to work, shall we? So for your eyes only, let me get my trusted iPad in place so I can do this work of preaching. What was life like before iPads, right? I, I was excited I was the one who protested against having it. Now I'm almost to the point I can't function without it. So when we studied this, you all, we started off looking at Isaiah. We looked at the prophet. We are still dealing with the theme of acceleration. And I want to give a huge shout out to all of my Freedom Nation family members who have been doing the work of consecration with us. Our fast actually ends today, 21 days of fasting and praying. I want to send a great big shout out 
to every person that has been a part of this work. I don't know about you, but God has done a great thing for us in that, in this very thing, this season of fasting has been a blessing. We have seen people healed. We have seen people who were in car wrecks get back home safely. We have heard about the sickness of our friends that have been sick unto death. And because we were praying and we were fasting, we saw God bring their bodies, not just healed, but restore them back to the place where they are recovering the very thing that they've been, they've been losing in their health. And so we're watching God do this thing. And so I'm excited about it. So big shout out to all of my friends who endured this 21 day fast. Just know that there is still work for us to do. And I've been hearing from some of you all about, hey, past, can we still keep up the 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. prayer on Thursday? We're praying on that. We're looking at that. We're talking about that. But we will be on that very, very soon. But for the moment, let's take a break. Let's give our, our moment of reprieval for a moment. Let's celebrate that we made it through the 21 days and we did it with the fidelity and the faith that God has given us. So great big shout out to each and every one of you that have endured the fast. So good to see you on this evening, uh, this afternoon, MIT Frey. So glad to have you on today. So let's get down to the text. We know that when we started off, we were having this conversation about acceleration that so many of us were doing the work of growth. We've been aligned to the work of faith. We've been doing the work of faith. We've been doing the data dig into the faith of what God is calling us to do. And we are learning on a day-to-day -day basis that there is work for us to do internally as well as it is externally. But I wanna be clear that your responsibility first has to be in the internal work that you do for yourself first, okay? And so a lot of us have been dealing with how do I really accelerate knowing that I've got a bunch of weight on me? Well, I'm glad you asked. We have to get clear about our vision. We have to get clear about our purpose. We have to get clear about the mantle that we carry. We got to get clear about the people that we let have access to our lives. And let me say this to you, beloved, in this season of 2021, you can't let everybody have access to you because their access is toxic. Their access is nasty. Their access will cause you to lose your balance. So I want to be clear that in 2021, there are a lot of people that are going to call. Let that call just rotate right on over to voicemail. It's not that you don't want to talk to them. You just can't invest in that right now. Okay, right now. You can't do that right now. And I need you to know that your mantle requires that you metamorph, that you metamorphosize. So last time we got together, the first thing we talked about, there was a misconception. There was a misconception in this very thing that we were dealing with. And so there was a misconception. And so I want to first off lay down the foundation of our four points of freedom so that you're able to capture those things. So the points of freedom, and I think that they're showing up. Yes, there they are. The first thing we want to talk about, there was a misconception, the least of you. People are assuming that because it's not a lot of you together, that there is a misconception that God is not present. That's just not the case, beloved. People are misreading you. They're making misconceptions about you. They are misaligning you. They're misinterpreting your reactions. They're misinterpreting your intent because they're looking at the misconceptions. And let me tell you this, in education, we train teachers how to address the misconceptions by teaching them to know what their students are learning. Isn't that right? 
And so because that is the truth, let me bring you to something, beloved. You are responsible for knowing the misconceptions. You're responsible for knowing that even though people believe this about you, that what they believe about you is nothing more than a misconception. And it is not your responsibility to help them unpack that misconception. It is your responsibility to point to the facts that this is not my truth and move around. Too often we invest in people who are in misconception and misalignment, misinterpretation, and we are investing in things and people that do not have purpose in our life right now. And it is okay to give the benediction, to allow them the space to move around, amen? Number two, there is a metamorphosis that we will become. And that's where we're gonna pick up today, but let me finish. And number three, there's a multiplication, meaning there is a thousand. And then number four is magnificent. I, the Lord, will quicken it. So those are our four points of freedom. Let's get right on down to it. Number one, there's a misconception. Number two, there's a metamorphosis. Number three, there's a multiplication. And number four is magnificent. Is that all right? So let's get down to number two. There is a metamorphosis we will become we will become. There is a metamorphosis. When we study the text, we find that God has a way of speaking to our future from our current state. When God is speaking to us about what's going on, God is talking to us from our future because God is standing in the place of our future. We are talking to God in time. God is addressing us from season. When we look at what God is saying to us in the text, God is demanding that from eternity to time, there must be a metamorphosis that happens. Can we talk about what that means to you? A metamorphosis when it happens? Here is the definition for those of you that are scribing. Let me give you, let me give you a moment to get to that. A metamorphosis when you are scribing, because I know you're writing this down. This is good stuff. A metamorphosis when you take a look at this thing, a metamorphosis does something that most people don't like to talk about. Metamorphosis deals with something that most people don't like sharing. A metamorphosis is the private internal progressive change. Let me say that again. A metamorphosis is the private internal progressive change with a public display of completion. Oh my God, come on back. It is a private progressive internal change with a public confirmation of completion. That's right. Metamorphosis is private, is progressive, is internal, and it has a public confirmation that your change is complete. And I know you're like, when I stood, where you come from with that? I'm glad you asked. You all always ask me the right questions. Here it is right here. If you ever studied the metamorphosis of the caterpillar to the butterfly, the caterpillar shows up as a caterpillar, but that's in public. When it goes through the metamorphosis, it goes on the inside. There's a cocoon that spawned, but what's happening on the inside is there is a private change that is happening. It is progressive and it is internal. It is designed with you in mind. It is designed with you to become better. It is designed with you to see things differently. And then when you come out, when God releases you from the very thing that you are coming out of, he does it in a public way so people know that no one else could do this but the Lord. When was the last time? I'm talking to you now. I'm on your street. When was the last time you let the Lord metamorphosize you? When was the last time you got your hands out the way? When was the last time you got your 
your mind out the way? When was the last time you took your stinking thinking out the way? When was the last time you took what people had to say out the way and you just went with what God said? The metamorphosis is happening not because of you. It is happening in spite of you. God is doing this in spite of your reactions. God is changing you in spite of what you believe. God is doing this because he knows it's what's best for you. So let's get down to it. Too often, we want the prophetic declaration of what God wants. We want the prophetic declaration, but we don't want the private change or the public completion. I said it. You've got to, you want the prop, the prophetic declaration, but you don't want the private change or the public completion. Because this is what I'm finding out about the pews and the pulpit is we want the altar experience, but we don't want the accountability. We want the altar experience, but we don't want the accountability. You can't have an altar experience without having some level of accountability. You are accountable to the anointing that you exchange. You are accountable to the anointing that you encounter. You are responsible for living so that when God needs you, you are ready to be you. So then we don't get to just quit because of the accountability. We actually get to engage because of the accountability. God has not changed what he did to you in private so that the public can bag off. God has confirmed what he did in private so that the public can see that his anointing is still on your life. Too often, we subscribe to the negative construct of what others' private expectations are. We subscribe to the private pains of a public display of projection. What happens is we begin to internalize our pain. And then when we internalize it so bad, we project it onto others because our past has not become resolute with our present state. Oh my God, I said what I said. We've been living in our past too long. We've been taking what people have purposed in our past for too long. We've been unpacking in what people have had to say. We have been living in the toxicity of what people have said. And we have invested in to the extent that we've tried to figure out how to change who we are versus becoming who God has pronounced us to be. Come on back. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. So then in the metamorphosis, we must go through something that is not always easy, but it is prescribed. God here has not only required us to go through the metamorphosis, but God is also demanding that the change not be resolute, but the change be revelatory. It can't just be a one-time change because in metamorphosis, you have to constantly go through the process of resolution. You have to go through the process of the revelation. Let me say this to you right here. Here it is right here. This is for you and this is for free. You no longer get to walk away from the revelation because it's uncomfortable. You are required to address the revelation because the mantle does not give you space to walk away. So then here is the conversation. Let me give you two words. I gave you metamorphosis. Let me give you two more. Number two, we have to start understanding that we have to proclaim. Here is what the prophet is saying. The prophet speaks to the required internal change, the internal change, the internal change. I'm talking to you. The internal change. Watch this. The internal change must happen. It's more of a declaration than a proclamation. Too many times we are declaring, not knowing that our declaration and proclamation must happen in process. I know you're like, now, Stuart, what do you mean? I'm talking to you. Come on back. Let's talk. Let's talk. Here it is right here. A proclamation, beloved, is a public announcement of great importance made by one of authority. Come on back, come on back, come on back. A proclamation is a public announcement 
of great importance made by one in authority. Number two, a proclamation metamorphoses. It, it changes. It metamorphosizes. It changes its very state into a declaration based on the posture of the one in authority. Y'all missed that. Come on back. Let's talk. Let's talk. Here it is right here. A lot of times you have to remember your authority gives you the authority to say what you mean. Your anointing gives you the authority. There it is. Your anointing gives you the authority to speak to the very thing that you're saying. So really what you're doing, once you get it from on high, you are in proclamation. You are in the place of hearing what God has to say. But then when you utter it out your mouth, it becomes a declaration. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Here it is. When was the last time you spoke from the current state of your life into your future state of affairs? The last time the Bible is clear, the Bible is clear. You got to call those things that be not as though they should be. So then you've got to learn that even though your current state does not agree with your future, you're still obligated to open your mouth and speak the very thing God has shown you. You are required to open your mouth and speak against fear. You're required to open your mouth and, and speak against death. You are required to open your mouth when you hear nastiness out in the atmosphere. You have the ability to open your mouth and shut that nastiness down. You have the authority to speak over your life life and cause things to manifest. Yes, you got to do some work, but it is your work. It is your required work. It's not a request to grow. God has put a requirement. It is a mandate, a mantle, and a, a requirement for you to do the work of growth. Now, here it is. When you make the proclamation, the authority you have to proclaim it is that God showed you what it is you are responsible for doing. Then the second thing he does is he says, you have to declare what I've shown you. Then when you declare it, you are making a declaration. So the reason you must be willing to go through metamorphosis is that in order to become the tool of acceleration, you must be willing to do the internal work of growth, the internal work of change, the internal work of education, the internal work of embracing the newness, the internal work of owning that even though I made the mistake, my internal work is that my metamorphosis is that I must forgive. Fear says not to forgive, but faith says forgive. Fear says that not to let your past go, but faith says to look at your past and say, you know what? I'm standing in my current. So that means I've come out of what I've been through. Metamorphosis says that you change what you see. Metamorphosis says that you change how you proclaim the very thing that you're going to become. So I need the folk who know what God is saying. Do the work. Speak what God is saying because your victory is attached to that very thing. So here it is. Here it is. Some of us are carrying weight. We're suffering from chronic diseases and we got to get about what it is that this disease is doing to us. Here it is right here. Many of us, watch this, watch this. I'm going to give it to you. Many of us are suffering from emotional inflammation, emotional inflammation. We're so inflamed, we're so incensed that every time something looks like what we've been through, we put our shield up, we put our walls up. I don't trust easy, I don't love easy, I don't love being vulnerable. I don't want folk to know my status. I don't want folk to know how I think. So here is what I do. Instead of letting you see the vulnerable me, I put up this fake wall that says, I don't want nobody in because I don't trust nobody. Really what you're communicating is not that you don't want nobody in, it's not that you don't trust nobody. Really what you're saying internally is that I don't trust myself to love anymore because I'm tired of being hurt. I'm so broken, I don't have anything else to give. I'm so shattered, I'm living in the shadows of my fears. And I'm here to let you know 
that your emotional inflammation can be cured if you would take the time to love on yourself first. To thine own self be true. So take the time to dig. Take the time to do the work. Because what happens is we get so inflamed that we miss the vibrant victories that God gives us because we're so inflamed with the pain of our past that we have not been infected with the faith of our future. So often we're so entrapped in looking at, well, I did this, this happened to me. I don't know how to come out of what I'm in. Let me tell you something. The roadmap to coming out is no more than you believing that you deserve to come out. And beloved, here are the church announcements. These are your church announcements. Please govern yourself accordingly. God has not changed how he loves you. God has not changed how he believes in you. Even though you've messed up, even though you've had some shakeups in your faith, God is saying to let you know, here it is right here. Come on out, do the work because I'm waiting on you because if I can get the manner on you right and folks see that I still trust you, then folk who see you that I still trust you will begin to trust me because they see that even though you did what you did, if I will anoint you, use you, elevate you, clearly there's space for me. Some of us, number two, are visually impaired because we can't see the goodness in ourselves any longer because we have suffered in seeing the negative in so in so long that we can't see the so right that we're doing even though the right might be far fewer in between can i just get you to own that you did something right can i get you to own that you might have messed up but you got on the road to right and even though you're on the road to right it seems like it's a long journey can i give you credit for this you're on the road to right. So we've got to learn that our emotional inflammation is self-inflicted. Our visual impaired, if God sees the best in you, you mean to tell me you can't find something good? Let me tell you, beloved, there is always something good in us, even in the midst of our nasty afflictions. Some of us are spiritually inept. Y'all not going to talk to me in here. We're spiritually inept. You are so spiritually inept. Here it is right here that you use your title as a prophet, as an intercessor, as a preacher, as an elder, as a minister, as a deacon. And you use that title to abuse the people you have been assigned to serve. That is witchcraft in its finest form. You don't get to use your anointing and the platform God put you on to abuse the very people he sent you to serve. Come on back in here. If all you got time to do is preach for a price, don't preach because there is no price assigned to the gospel except sacrifice. If the only time you can prophesy is if there's a financial endorsement attached to it, don't go prophesy because we don't know if we can afford the fakeness that's coming out your mouth. Those who have been called to do the work speak in faith. We live in faith. We know God will do right by us because we've done right by God. We know that we're doing the work of the Lord. So let me tell you this, beloved. You can no longer expect the righteous to invest in infected places if you're not going to do the work to get the infection out. So you've got to stop using your title to abuse people. You don't get to prophesy out of your pain and then expect the people to respond appropriately. You have got to get yourself in a place where your healing becomes true, where your spiritual health is a focus, where you become the righteous of God and not the vindictive of God because you didn't get to have your way. We as our spiritual authority have to stop having, having emotional temper tantrums because people see us for who we really are when we're not doing the work to become who God called us to be. Don't, don't hate me. Don't hate me. There it is. Let's go on. We've got work to do. When we look at this, it then becomes your responsibility to see with your 
own eyes, only what God has to say about your acceleration. It becomes your own responsibility. People can't just tell you how to become what God is telling you. You've got to go do the work to hear what God is saying for you. And I know you're like, well, now, Stuart, that is not Bible. Oh, I got scripture to help you. Watch this. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it is written, what no, what no eyes has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You don't, the only prescription to get to your prophecy is that you love God. All you got to do is take down the walls of fear, take down the walls of fakeness, take down the walls that you're not sure. Listen, God wants you just like you are fragile. God wants you just like you are scared. God wants you just like you are in the shape that you're in because if you let him in just like you are if you let him in and you let him in just like you are when you see your metamorphosis when you see that internal change then your testimony will be just like the woman at the well you should take off running, screaming, come see a man that can change your life. Come see a man that can heal you from your hurt. Come see a man that can take your past and seal it because your past is your past. God is invested in my present life because he knows my future. What would it look like if you stop worrying about your past, start embracing God in your future from your current state of life? Because God has something great in store for you if you would just get out the way. So now here it is. I know you're like, well, now, Stuart, that's just one scripture. What else you got to say? Well, I'm glad you asked because I know you like, so you only gave, well, watch this. In the same, in the same, in the same book, Paul said it this way in 2 and 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. Stop. The natural man does not accept the things of the spirit. The natural man, when you're in your flesh, faith does not make sense. When you're in your flesh, healing does not make sense. When you're in your flesh, financial recovery does not make sense. When you're in your flesh, your, your, your deliverance does not make sense. But let me tell you what you got to do. When your faith reminds you of your fears and your faith brings you to the startling facts of where your life is. Don't be scared to engage it. Don't be scared to move it. Be scared not to do it. Get in your faith. Tell your fears to shut up, sit down, and buckle up because you're getting ready to take it on a journey. You have the right to speak to your future and your future has to change. So then the, your, the natural man, your flesh, it makes sense why it's scared because your flesh is not prepared for the endurance that faith is getting ready to take it through. So for they follow to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You no longer have to deal with spiritually divided people because spiritually discerned people will be in your life. The spiritually discerned sees your future. The spiritually discerned sees where you are going. The spiritually discerned should be able to call you out, tell you the truth get you back on the road to recover and then release you to go do the work because you are prepared for the mantle that's over your life. So then watch this. David Bedner said it this way. One of the greatest indicators of your own spiritual maturity is revealed in how we respond to the weakness that's in us. How we respond to the weakness that's in us. When was the last time you told the weakness in you? You know what? Even though I'm scared, I'm still going forward. Even though I, they say on this job, this job requirement that I don't, I'm still going to apply. Even though my credit says this, I'm going to apply. Even though I don't look like I qualify because God justified me, that overrules the expectations of qualifications because I'm saved, sanctified, and free. God has space for me. God has me in mind. 
mind. God has opened doors for me. So I want to encourage you, beloved, you no longer have to ride on the struggle bus because you ride on the sanctified bus. You have to ride on the bus that you have been assigned. Get in the seat that has been prepared. Go to the place that has been prophesied and do the work to the people God has given you. So then your inexperience and the potentiality of offensive actions of others. Don't be scared to offend others in your faith. I am sick and tired of folk getting so offended. Well, I'm upset because they didn't speak to me. Be upset if they didn't speak to you knowing that your future was attached. Be upset when people don't show hospitality and humility at the same time. Be upset that the folk you love are not living in their anointing and you are allowing them to live in compromise. If you are truly my ride or die, if you truly my brother, my sister, you can't let me ride in compromise and then come back and tell me I'm anointed. Because my real brother and sister is going to tell me, yo, where you at? That ain't your expectation. That ain't how you live. You living beneath the means of your anointing and I'm going to hold you accountable because you know what? You can't tell me God called you to this, you compromise it in this and expect God to make up the difference. No, sir. You got to meet God where he called you, do the work of conviction, do the work of change, do the work of metamorphosis and push yourself to be greater. So then you can't you can't compromise on your convictions. There it is right there. You can't compromise on your conviction. So often we're walking around here trying to make folk feel good. No, 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 beloved. Here it is right here. The days of making folk feel good are over. The days of making people want to be in your life are over. The days of making people try to fit in a place that God has no longer put a frame around, those days are over. The days of trying to make fictitious people, nonfiction characters in your life, those days are over. The days are at hand where we must now do the work of internal metamorphosis with public change, with private change, with public accountability, because the confirmation is real. We can't get away from that. When God speaks that something or someone will become, when God speaks to metamorphosis, someone, something must change. Let me say it again. When God grants metamorphosis, something and someone must change. When God speaks metamorphosis, y'all are going to catch it. Here it is right here. Someone and something has to change. So here it is. When we become what God has called us to, we must understand that there are two things that are happening that we don't like. Number one, this God is not requesting us to change. If you carry the anointing, you carry the mantle, you carry the ministry, you carry the responsibility of change, the responsibility of growth, the responsibility of acceleration, the responsibility of alignment, then number one, this is no longer a request. This actually is a requirement. Number two, God is speaking to us from eternity to earth. God is speaking to us from eternity to earth. God is speaking to us from eternity to earth. Let me say that again, because when man speaks to God, we're speaking from earth to eternity. That tells me two things. One, that God did not design it to see it our way. He designed it to understand it our way. Number two, he designed it for man to understand that we got to do the work of change and that work also means that you have to understand you can't always have things the way you see it because God doesn't see it that way. I believe the scripture says that God ways is not God's ways are not ours and our ways are not his. If that's true, then that means you've got to do the work of showing that you are ready 
for this level of work. You can't say yes to God's will, yes to God's way, yes every day and yes every way, and then get upset when he brings you to that level of accountability. Let me say this to you, beloved. We are required to do the work. So then here it is. I'm going to get us out the way. I'm going to get us out the way. Here it is. When, when, we are, when we engage God in this work of metamorphosis, it comes at the price point of faith in action. Faith in action. When we engage God in this process, we have to do it as faith in action. So we must enter this season. When we enter this season, we must enter this season with the expectation that when I plant a seed, it will generate a harvest of things needed because I planted according to the season and not a part of the time. I planted according to the season. I planted according to the season. I planted according to the season. Let me say this to you, beloved. There is a seed. Now, I'm from the country, so let me say this to you. This is good teaching right here. You don't plant watermelon seeds in the wrong season. You have to plant watermelon seeds in the right season. You don't plant greens and, and you don't plant cabbage in the wrong seasons because they won't grow. You don't plant tomatoes in the wrong season, even though the time reflects that we've had a whole new day and a whole new night. That's in time. Time repeats itself. Seasons do not. Seasons tell time that it's now okay to plant. Time does not release seasons. Seasons release time. Can we talk about something right there? I need you to understand you are in the season of acceleration. I need you now to know that the ground is prepared for your seeds. Plant the seeds and understand the seeds have to get dirty. Seeds have to get dirty. And if the seed has to get dirty, then the planter has to get dirty. Can we talk right there? Don't be scared to put your hands in the mud of your future. Don't be scared to massage the mud, to plant the seed, because if you get your hands dirty on this end, then your harvest will make better sense on the other side. Can I talk to you right there? Start planting the seeds of faith. Start planting the seeds of growth. Start planting the seeds and don't be scared to massage the mud that you have to plant it in. It's all right that your hands have to get dirty. It's okay that you got to get your feet in the mud. mud. Mud is all right because mud has oxygen in it. Let me say this to you, beloved. You've got to understand that you've got to plant the seed in the dirt, in the mud. You've got to go check on the seed. But watch this, watch this, watch this. Here it is. Here it is. My mother used to tell me this all the time. It takes one seed to get multiple of harvest. Oh, y'all missed it. Come back, come back, come back, come back. It takes one seed, one good seed in the right ground, in the right season, in the right time, by the right hands, and you will get multiple of harvest. Can I say this to you right here, beloved? God has put it in your hands. Get in the dirt, get it in the sand, get it in the dirt, and let's plant. Here it is. I got to go on. When we start looking at this thing, the seed has something that the saints need. The seed has something that the saints need. The seed has something that the saints need. The seeds have something that the saints need. I'm going to say it to you. The seeds have something that the saints need. Watch this. When you plant a seed in the dirt, the seed reminds you that there is evidence of endurance. Oh, my 
God, here it is right here. When you plant the seed in the dirt, here it is. It has evidence of endurance. Watch this. Here it is. Here it is. When you look at evidence of endurance, it sounds like you are pressured to purpose. Oh, my God. Evidence of endurance. Here it is. People that have evidence of endurance have been pressured to purpose. People who have evidence of endurance, have they, they are stressed out. People who have evidence of endurance have stretch marks on their seeds of faith. People who have evidence of endurance do not rest at night because they're steadily toiling with the revelation God gave them. People who have evidence of, en of endurance have an anointing that makes people uncomfortable. People who have evidence of endurance walk into a room and they shift the atmosphere because they're in their due season. They're not just in the fall, the spring, the winter, and the autumn. They're in their due season. Folk who have evidence of endurance can put their name on something, put their hands to something, and it manifests. People who have evidence of endurance can touch that very thing, and it has to change. People who have evidence of endurance can walk to the sick, lay hands on the sick, and they shall be well. People who have evidence of endurance can walk into the room, and they can tell the atmosphere how to respond, and response has to happen. People who have evidence of endurance have a mantle that does not give grace when it comes down to man manipulation. People who have the evidence of endurance have a different kind of oil. People who have evidence of endurance have a different type of elasticity. People who have the evidence of endurance, I'm talking to you, beloved, have evidence of their sins on their body. People who have evidence of endurance have been through some things that only God can testify to because if you really understood their true testimony, you would judge them because you would say they don't qualify to carry the mantle. They don't qualify to carry the oil. So God has to put them up in a different way. And let me tell you this, beloved, the new prophets of the church, the new voices of the church, the new elders of the church, the new leaders of the church, the new apostles of the church do not look like the old church. They do not sound like the old church. They have the mantle, but they do not sound, look, or bear evidence of. They have evidence of endurance, but they do not look like what you deem pro proper. They don't look like what you deem folk who should fit in to the formalities of church. Let me say this to you, beloved. The folk who got the oil right now are not people currently sitting in the church. The people that got the oil don't even go to the church. God Almighty, let me move on. The people who have evidence of endurance are those who have been pressured to purpose because the prophetic mantle will not go away no matter how much you sin. The people who have the evidence of endurance, the pressure to purpose, no matter how you can't sex it away, you can't drink it away, you can't smoke it away, you can't edible. I'm talking to you. You can't edible it away because because this is what the church is not talking about. We got folks saved, sanctified, and speaking in tongues, still eating it away in edibles, smoking it away, and drinking it away. The only difference is now they've learned to cope with it and hide it so well. Let me tell you this, my brothers and my sisters, those of you that got the mantle, that's got the ministry, that's got the oil, that's got the anointing, that's got the scars of trying to get it. I need you to get in this place. This is your season of acceleration. You are being pressured to purpose. You are being pressured to purpose. You're being pressured to prophesy. You're being pressured to pray. You're being pressured to produce the very thing that's in your life. 
You're being pressured to become what you don't want to be because you can't leave this earth full. You have to leave this earth empty. This metamorphosis will not happen because you've got to have evidence of endurance. You've got to have evidence of endurance. You've got to have evidence that the tension is pulling you. You've got to have evidence that the stress is stretching you. You've got to have evidence that your weeping tears are from the worry that you have. You have to have evidence that all forms of Fear will fall off of you because the faith that's in you has pressured you to purpose. You don't get to quit because it's uncomfortable. You get to engage because it's uncomfortable. Here it is. Here it is. And I'm going to get out the way. Robert Oakman said it this way. Watch this. Because people who've got evidence of endurance, here it is. Watch this. Here it is. Because I know you like Stuart. You're talking to me. Here it is. I'm talking to you. That's right. Here it is. Because I'm going to say this and I got to get us out the way. When we start talking about evidence of endurance, here it is right here. Oakman said every season. Oh, my God. Listen. Listen. Here it is. Here it is right here. Every season is one of becoming, but not always one of blooming. God Almighty, let me say it again. Every season is one of becoming, but not always one of blooming. Can we talk about that? Every season is one of becoming, meaning you have to do the work of growth. Every season, you will become what God says you are. Every season, you will become what God has anointed you to be. Every season, you will fulfill the prophecy over your life. Every season, you will become the word of God. Every season, you will become the woman of God. Every season, with your tattoos and your stretch marks, and uh, you will become what God has. You will become. Because even though you are becoming, you might not blossom the way you want, but you will become what God created you to be. You might not spread out as wide as you want, but you will become the solid foundation God has created you to become. You might not reach out as far as you want to, but you will be as stable because you are as sanctified as God created you. So here it is. Every season is one of becoming, but not always one of blooming. Watch this. Here it is. Watch this. Listen to the perspective. Now, here it is. Here is the metamorphosis by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. Here it is. Be gracious with your ever-evolving self. Be gracious. Issue yourself the same level of grace you would give to somebody else. Here it is. Watch this. Give yourself the same level of grace. Give yourself the same level of mercy. Give yourself the same level of forgiveness. Give yourself the same level of love that you would give you. Instead of instead of giving it to somebody else, expecting them to give it back, how about you give it to yourself because you know that that investment will return back the way that you put it in. Give yourself the chance to invest in you. Give yourself the chance to manifest the miracles that live in you. So I know you're like, well, now, Stuart, Oakman is fine, but what the Bible said, I'm glad you asked Freedom Nation. You always ask the right questions. Here it is right here, Mike Lee. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 8, in the Message Bible, Sean Davis, here it is right here. There's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth, a right time for birth, and another for death, a right time to plant, another to reap, a right time to kill, another to heal, a right time to destroy, and another to construct, a right time to cry, another to laugh, a right time to lament, another to cheer, a right time to make love, another to abstain, a right time to embrace, another to part, a right time to search, and another to count your losses, 
a right time to hold on and another to let go. A right time to rip out and the right time to mend. A right time to shut up and another to speak. A right time to love, another to hate. A right time to wage war and another to make peace. Here it is right here. It becomes clear that the metamorphosis that you must do, that you must do, must first be internal, must two be external, must three be inclusive, and number four must be infectious. Do the work to bless not just others, but for once do the work to be sure that you are blessed first. Listen, we got to go. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of word. So listen, a couple of things. Number one, thank you so much for hanging with us on today. Listen, do me a favor. Click like, click share. If something was said or done that blessed you in here, please say so in here because I want to know who you are, where you are, what's going on with you. I want to share a couple of things with you that we will be... Uh, in this thing, there it is right there. So listen, on Tuesdays, we have points of freedom. I would love to have a moment to share a point of freedom with you this week. We will be dropping just little nuggets of how things are going. On Wednesday, we will be in Bible study with my sister, Pastor Marvetta Walker at Fresh Lens. We will be having a Fresh Lens conversation with the Fresh Wind and Freedom Church family. If you need a place to invest, please be sure to give at Freedom Church at Cash App and on the Houston uh, website at the fchouston.org. You can do you can give there. And then the last thing we want to look at is, listen, we would love to be friends with you on social media um, and just to have a moment to connect with you because we believe that God is doing a great thing. So we want to have a place to have a moment to connect with you. So please go and like us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. We are all there and we would love to be a part of your journey. And join us every Sunday at one o'clock. We'll be right here sharing in this season of acceleration. I promise you God is going to do some great things for you by being a part of this work. Listen, I've got to go. We love you so much. Minister in Training, uh, Kalita Frey. Thank God for having my son, Elder Mike Lee, on here on today. So glad to have Elder uh, Minister Designee William Mentor. So glad to have each and every one of you here. Listen, we got to get out of here. Join us next week. We're going to get through the Freedom Point number four, up three and four. I think that's where we are. We'll get through it. I can't wait to be to share space with you on our next meeting. I promise you that we will bless you indeed. Listen, let's go. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, let it rest, let it rule, let it abide henceforth and forevermore. Is this your servant's prayer? Until we meet again, I'll see you next week.